Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, rolling along here. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. And, and, and I'm going to bring everybody behind the curtain, Okay. So I think sometimes people are interested in how we make decisions like these and all that kind of stuff. And like most on-air talent, I'm, I'm involved in these, um, in these decisions, both on the TV show and the radio show, but I don't make them by myself. So the Clayton Kershaw thing happens last Wednesday. Today is Tuesday of the following week. I've been in Los Angeles ever since, so I never had a chance to comment on it. So I really wanted to do it on the show today. I budgeted like three minutes. I thought, I'll just give my take on this. People haven't heard it. I want to say it. And then we'll just move on to things that are happening. And that was the plan that Nuno and I had, that Hembo and I had this morning before we come in. Then I come in and we do it. And now, like, the phones have exploded. You're mad at me. People are mad. I'm afraid to see Chris Russo now. I just texted Costas. We'll see if he's up. Um, And... And so now I'm, I feel like I'm being sucked into having a further conversation about this, which on some level I'm excited about because I think it's a great topic. But the reason I think that is because to me it is new. This just happened to me. I have not been on the air since it happened. To everyone else, this is a week old. So I ask you, Hembo, are we, are we mining ground here that is too old or should we dive in with both feet? I would have said that it is too old only if you had a conventional opinion. But because you have... An atypical opinion, because in this case you have the incorrect opinion. I think. It why makes am it I incorrect? You tell me why I'm incorrect. Well, the, the Johan Santana example that you cited is a thing that happened, but it's not necessarily a reason for Clayton Kershaw not to chase down a perfect game because the context is everything that matters here. There have been 23 perfect games in the history of baseball. It is exceedingly rare, and if you go to a ballpark one day, that's the dream. The dream is to see a perfect game. A no-hitter happens once a month now in Major League Baseball, and even though the Mets had never had one, there is no comparison between Johan Santana attempting to throw a no-hitter and Clayton Kershaw pursuing a perfect game. It is baseball's ultimate unicorn. So what is it worth? I guess what I'm asking you is, what price are you willing to pay if you're him and if you're the team for the chance at that? Let's, let's make clear. They didn't take him out of the game, and thus he didn't pitch a perfect game. The overwhelming likelihood is that he wouldn't have anyway. Now, maybe he would, but we don't know that. What price are you willing to pay for that chance? Well, I think what the reason the question is flawed is because you're presupposing that the pitch count is a science. The pitch count is not a science. The pitch count is an art. Clayton Kershaw gets hurt like every year, despite the fact that they really manage his pitch count. It's not that they're saving him for anything. In October, he's going to get like 15 guys out in the NLCS, and they're going to pull him. Like This is an arbitrary number that they've landed on. The reason this especially irks me is because it's Clayton Kershaw. This is the best pitcher of his generation. This isn't some rando who just got hot. 
This is Sandy Koufax. This is Bob Gibson. This is Walter Johnson. This is Tom Seaver with a chance to do something he's never done before, like you said, that's going to wind up on his Hall of Fame plaque. And to pull him after 80 pitches and seven innings is just the definition of missing the forest through the tree. All right. So, uh, Nuno, are you telling me that the calls have gone crazy on this, that people want to get on and I assume yell at me? No, that's the, that's the unfortunate part. I think too many uh, people see it the wrong way. They kind of agree with you. Really? Um, yeah. So, which is funny because you would think that, no, this is something. The Dodgers have only done it once in their history. You would think, as Hemo said, a guy who is going to miss a month anyway in the middle of the season would actually attempt to do something historical. But I guess he just isn't up to the challenge. Do we have calls? Do you want me to throw a couple quick calls in here? Yeah, we got, uh, we got Paul first. All right, Paul, go ahead. Am I right or wrong? Greeny, you're absolutely right. I'm actually calling from Minnesota, and what people aren't talking about enough are the conditions. It was it was a brutal 39 degree day with wind chill, and if he goes out and pops something and is out for two months, and it lingers for us the season, that manager's getting fired because he's not available for the World Series or down the road. He, it was just um, you're absolutely right. How about that, Hembo? Tell Paul he's crazy. Tell Paul he's out of his mind. Paul's, uh- 39 degrees, he doesn't even ha- Kershaw doesn't even have to ice, which is great. He was, he was capable of throwing 80 pitches. Is he not capable of going out there one hitter at a time beyond that? His first that? start of the season. First start of the season. They, he was on a 75-pitch count. Mm-hmm. That was the plan. Do you remember when Jerry Weinsdorf and the Chicago Bulls, it was, it was immortalized in last dance. They decided Michael Jordan's only going to play a certain mm-hmm. number of minutes per game, and Jordan went crazy and all the rest of that. You know what happened? Michael Jordan became the greatest player of all time. <laughs> they weren't going to win the championship that year anyway, so they didn't risk it. It didn't make any difference whether, at the end of the day, whether Clayton Kershaw threw the perfect game or not. I'm not diminishing the significance of the perfect game. I just looked up the date. Sandy Koufax threw the only perfect game in Dodgers history, September 9th, 1965. Um, And so I get it. I understand how delightful it would be to see it and how much it would mean to him. But they decided that the, the cause, the risk and reward of it was not worth it. The reward of it is that Clayton Kershaw has that attached to his resume as a legendary Dodger for all Time. That's, that's the point here. It's Clayton Kershaw. It's not the Yankees' number four starter. Like, there's, look, I live in the objective world like you do. I'm, more, I'm like the most uh, modern baseball thinker that you'll talk to. This is not that. This is a pitch counts are very arbitrary and subjective. And the fact that the Dodgers have clung to that, in my opinion, in a moment like this is unacceptable. Nuno, who else is calling? All right, we got Donnie in New York who disagrees with Go you. ahead, Donnie, go. Greeny, huge fan of the show. Let me tell you this. If we're not, a perfect game is perfect. If we're not chasing perfection, then what are we doing on this planet? It goes for everything, not just baseball and life in general. The guy had 80 pitches and needed six outs. Six outs, that's it. That could have been another 15, 20 pitches. He might have done it under 100. I just, it drives me crazy with the numbers and all this stuff. It's, I feel like it's ruining the game. I really just, it, it's, it's just, it's bad. I feel like we're going down a bad road the way they, everybody is with these numbers. Donnie, I appreciate the call. And if there's one thing I can promise you on this show, whether you agree or disagree with me, your opinion is always welcome. And I'm delighted that you called. Here's what I would say. Are we pursuing perfection? Yes. But do you know what one of my favorite expressions is? Don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Sometimes perfect can be the enemy of good. So is Clayton Kershaw, are the Dodgers pursuing a perfect game on April 10th or whatever that was 
Or are they pursuing a World Series championship? How many of those have they won lately? They won one in the shortened season. What was the last time before that the Dodgers won the World Series? Kurt Gibson, 88. That was it. That was the last time. So that might be nice. Now, I know what you're saying. Greeny, pulling him did not mean they're going to win the World No, of course not. I understand that. Everything in life is about weighing the risk and the reward of the decision that you are making. And in my opinion, I understand. I'm not telling you that it is that any other opinion to take on this is outrageous, but I understand deciding that the risk-reward of it wasn't worth it. I understand it. And I sat in bemused silence as everyone around me was losing their minds, as though there was no argument to be made on the other side. Greeny, any argument on the other side means you hate baseball. You don't understand what's good about baseball. This is ruining baseball. Baseball, will, people will stop watching baseball tomorrow because they took him out of there. And, and this, this is what I'm hearing. I'm 3,000 miles away and I'm listening to that. I got people walking up to me in the street. Well, I'm in L.A., I guess, so this was in particular of a particular interest to them. You ever walk around that L.A. Live, which is where, oh, it's packed with people. We were there. There was a Clipper game one night and a Kings game the next night. We're freaking mobbed. Try walking through there with Stephen A. sometime. But anyway, I'm just walking around. I'm just walking around. I'm just having a day. And people are yelling at me like I took him out of the game. And I hadn't even given this opinion yet. And I'm walking by, and they're walk- people are walking up to me. It's usually, it's, hey, Greeny, like the show. Hey, Greeny, how are you? Whatever. And the people walk up to me, Greeny, I can't believe they did that. Greeny, I can't believe this just, people are yelling at me. Those like are Dodgers I- fans, right? Those are Dodgers fans. I don't know what fans they are. They're just walking up to me. They didn't, like, present identification. They're not, they don't wear, like, Dodger gear. Or at least they weren't wearing it then. Some people were, you know, I tell you, I-, I made another observation. A regular season Kings game had 10 times the energy that a winner-go-home Clippers game had. Hmm. I went to the arena for both games. <clears throat> and because we work, it's across the street. So when we finished our work, we walk over there, and we go, you go to a game. It's freaking delightful, frankly. Um, and we, went, we watched uh, the, the Clippers lose to New Orleans and get eliminated, and, which was awful because Paul George couldn't play and everything else. Let me tell you, watching Steve Ballmer, I found myself watching him more than I watched the game. His reactions, you see them on TV every once in a while. What you don't know is he never stops doing that. Like the arm thing? Everything. He's kicking his feet up in the air. He looks like it's a weird. Like, and when things go bad, he's just sitting there like this. He's just sitting there upset. Just sitting there. And the next morning, the next morning after they lose and they get eliminated, I'm in, I'm in a, you know, a lovely hotel, but not like, you know, it's not like the most beautiful palace you've ever been in in your entire life. It's just a regular hotel, a lovely but regular hotel. And there's a, like a little coffee place in the hotel. And I'm sitting there. And, you know, I'm getting my breakfast. And I look up and Steve Ballmer walks by me. And he's walking in there to get coffee. Guy's worth like $100 billion. How much is he worth? <laughs> what by. is the net worth of Steve Ballmer? <laughs> Next morning, the morning after his game, he's literally just walking in there getting coffee, standing in line. What are you guessing? What are you guessing for Steve Ballmer? I mean, I, I, I think he's worth like $30 billion. He's worth $91 billion. $91 billion. <laughs> I think he's like the third richest guy at Microsoft. I think it was Gates and Allen and then him. And I think he he's his, like the third guy. And you're saying he gets his own coffee? Not only gets it, he's standing in line, like with all these other people. That's really bizarre. Yes, he's just standing. He's just like, you know, and you know, he, you know what he looks like. He's a little schlumpy looking. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. But I tell you what, everybody loves him. I asked everybody, what's he like? Because I'm sitting in like a media row. Um, we got over there like in the second quarter, and they, they got me a seat. It was lovely. I'm sitting there with all the other re- reporters. 
and several of them cover the Clippers. So I was asking them questions, and uh, I said, what's he like? Because I was just pointing out how amusing it was to watch him. (laughs) And to a man, they love him. They love him. The fans love him. He just is passionate about it. I love it. If anything I'm saying sounds like I'm mocking or knocking or making fun of him, quite the opposite. That guy could own my team's any day of the week, I would give anything for him to buy the teams I root for. Um, so I loved him. But anyway, if you're looking for him, go get coffee the next morning. <laughs> He's just sitting in there, standing in line. Okay, so that's our take on that. We'll see if, uh, if we get any further reaction. In the meantime, I have a lot of things I did not get to, including the possibility of a major variety of trades and golf that even I don't plan to watch. That's on the way. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're live, as always, at the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. And I want to make sure you're aware that not only do we have a podcast, but there's the ESPN Daily podcast with one of our reporters with a deep dive into a big story. It's presented by Supercuts, and you can check it out anywhere you enjoy your podcasts. Okay. So, because we did not intend to get into all of that baseball that we did, but I think it was an excursion worthy of taking... I'm going to go a little different direction here. There's something I really want to ask you guys. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. So by now you have seen that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are going to play golf against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. That to me presents a variety of fascinating questions. I think that there are a couple of different ways we can go with that. But let's start with the most obvious one. So, Hembo, of those four, which will be the next to win a Super Bowl? Mahomes, Allen, Brady, Rodgers. In order of likelihood, one, two, three, and four, which will be the next to win a Super Bowl? I would say one, Brady, two, Allen, three, Mahomes, and four, Rodgers. Four, Rodgers. So, uh, for a guy who had the number one seed this past year, and everything that happened this last year, you put him fourth most likely out of those four. Fourth out of four. Nuno, most likely to least likely of the four guys playing in this match, the old guys against the young guns, put him in order. It's going to be Brady, Mahomes, Allen, and listen, Daniel Jones will win a ring before Aaron Rodgers does, so, uh, so he can just might as well retire. Listen to that. So he's leaning Mahomes over Allen, and that's two votes for Rodgers last uh, do I see Bubba still sitting in there? He's still hanging out. Go ahead, Bubs. What, 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 who's the likeliest? 
Uh, Josh Allen, number one. Okay. Um, probably Brady, two. Um, then Dak and Rodgers. <laughs> he includes Dak where Dak was not an option. But, but he's I ahead of Rodgers, though. Make, was... Making that clear. He's ahead of Rodgers. <laughs> That's it. So it's everyone and then Rodgers. Is Liam still in there? Yep. Limes, go. Take the mask off and go. All right. Sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it up here. I'm going to go uh, Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen. Brady, say Rodgers again. Rodgers. I just like the way he says it. <laughs> Brady, Rodgers. <laughs> we got Rodgers. Josh Allen. Josh. And Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. You know what's remarkable to me is that you've lived in America how long now? Over 30 years, I'd say. And somehow your accent has gotten stronger over the time that I've known you. You know what? I thought that when I... It, it must be the mic, because I don't sound this English when I talk normally, but all of a sudden I'm on the mic, it, it comes out a lot more. No, you do. You just don't hear it. Maybe that's what it is. You talk as English as you ever have. He, he, let me make it clear. Liam is married to an American woman. He, he, is, he has been in America for 30 years, and you're only, what, 40-something, right? Yeah, f- 42, I think. So you came here, you think, you don't oh. know exactly how old you are? It doesn't matter anymore, really. Well, no, it, but trust me, I'm older than you. It matters a lot. <laughs> um, but anyway, your, somehow your accent has gotten stronger over this time. I do hang up with my mom and dad a lot. That's probably it. And, and their accent remains pretty strong. You know what? <laughs> COVID probably helped, too, because I was at home and just with mom and dad. I didn't see anybody else. Oh, that's probably right. He spent a lot of time talking to these very English people, and God knows how much drinking must have gone on. Oh, Cheryl's you've been proud during of COVID. Seriously, what is she putting away a week? Oh, my word. Cases. Bottles. <laughs> Jesus. We have to get it delivered to the house. It's insane. <laughs> I love it. Okay, let me f- hit a follow-up question, then. Because I, I, I think Brady is the right answer, too, and I wasn't expecting any of you to say him, or at least I wasn't expecting all of you to say him, and the fact that almost all of you went number one on Brady, I agree, primarily because of the conference he's in. If you put Buffalo in the NFC, I would bet my house on them, but Allen's got to go through a murderer's row, and, and Brady has, comparatively speaking, the JV. How about this question? Is it definite? Nuno, I'm asking you first. Like, like, if if the if you get the answer to this question wrong, then something terrible befalls you. I don't even know what. Like, the the Yankees and the Knicks and your favorite Portuguese soccer team combined will never win a championship game a championship again as long as you live. Would you be willing to risk? Isn't that, that reality now? I mean, <laughs> well, that's happening anyway, right? What are we doing here? I don't I don't know about the Portuguese team you root for. Oh, right? they uh, uh, real quick. One of their former managers in the 60s put a curse on them and said, not in 100 years will you ever win a championship. And they haven't won. Oh, okay. you're, get, you're getting close, though. So, yeah, you're only 40 years away. Does that curse have a name, by the way? I'm curious now as well. Is well, there a Bambino or a Billy Goat or anything? No. Okay, it's just the curse. But anyway, here's the question I'm asking you. Would you be willing to wager, every name anything that really, really matters to you, that Alan and Mahomes will win more in their careers than Brady and Rodgers. And when I say that, I don't mean total. I mean from this moment forward. Meaning that starting today, oh, they're never going to get to... Uh, Alan, uh, Brady and Rodgers have won eight Super Bowls. The, uh, there's only two people in history who've won four, and then there's Brady. So the idea that Allen and Mahomes are going to get to eight is extraordinarily unlikely, no matter how good you think they are. 
But would you be willing to risk, whatever it is, that Allen and Mahomes will win more Super Bowls starting today than Brady and Rodgers will? Yes, because Brady can't play forever. This is Brady, not Rodgers, that will carry this that mantle. You're saying Rodgers no more. He's no, done Rodgers, winning Super Bowls. Rodgers is done winning Super Bowls. So I think all the Super yep. Bowls that those two guys are going to win are going to come from Brady. It would come from Brady, yes, and it would have to be this. I think it would have to be this year, you know, and possibly next because Brady, I don't care, is not playing until fifty. So I would say yes, Allen and Mahomes will win more and if they don't it will go we will be talking about the biggest disappointment in some of these guys and you know superstar careers hambo you have to wager something that matters endlessly to you you will have to wear new york giants dallas cowboys (laughs) new york yankees uh garb literally every day for the rest of your life if this doesn't come true would you wager that that Allen and Mahomes will win more tr- championships than Brady and Rogers starting today. <laughs> I would not. Because I, I, I wouldn't I, either. I don't think that – I think it's on the list of options that Tom Brady wins multiple Super Bowls. And that's just such a rarity. I also think football. it's on the list of options that Rodgers wins one. We have, we, we're talking like Rod, is Aaron freaking Rodgers we're talking about. We're talking about him like, okay, well, discount him. Discount him. We're discounting Aaron Rodgers? I get it. People like to take shots at him. I get it. He's a pain in the neck. I get all of that. But they're still among the two or three favorites in the NFC this year. And, oh, by the way, he may still have a move left in him somewhere. I wouldn't put it past Rodgers to still wind up finishing his career someplace else. That could easily happen. So, like, we're talking about Rodgers. Like, he can't contribute to How many more seasons do Rodgers and Brady combine to play? I'm going to say Brady plays at least two more. And I'm going to say Rodgers. Rodgers could play five more. Or one more. Right. But I never believed he was going to. And these guys don't retire early. They just don't. Rodgers can talk about all the other things he wants to do. And at the end of the day, he's going to figure out, you know what? Being a great football player is a lot of fun, and I'm going to keep doing it as long as I can. And right now, I see no sign that he's declining. None. None, for sure. But tell me this, then. So we're, so this, we're talking about five seasons, seven combined seasons between the two of them. Right. How many Super Bowls do you two think Two or three? Win? You'll give them two or three. Yeah, and if they get to three... Well, if they don't get to that, then obviously the other guys are going to I think Mahomes will win one more. I think Allen will win one. And but think- I wouldn't be willing to risk my life that those guys are going to each win more than one more. I wouldn't. The, 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 the league is loaded. Mm-hmm. Things happen. Dan Marino never won a championship. Look at the list of great quarterbacks in the Super Bowl era who have won one or no championships. There's a ton of them on there. It's not easy to do. And the AFC, for the next five years, it's going to be brutally hard to do. You're telling me those guys are just going to walk through Deshaun Watson? You're going to walk through Russell Wilson? You're going to walk through all this? It's not going to happen. Justin Herbert's coming. Burrow is there. I wouldn't bet on it. I think this is an interesting conversation to have. By the way, we do have a name for the curse. We will get to that in a moment. McShay is on the way. we got a million things working, and we will continue after this word from AutoZone. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. The AutoZone Fix Finder service not only identifies the check engine light code, but also helps identify the most likely cause of the check engine light being on. The information provided by the free AutoZone Fix Finder service is verified by data from over 5.5 million ASE certified technicians. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone with AutoZone. This is ESPN Radio.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. McShay will join me with the latest McBoard in 30 seconds after this word from Straight Talk Wireless. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it. Cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering the $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspot and nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability coverage and speed may vary. If you go right now to ESPN.com or ESPN Plus, excuse me, you will find Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay did an alternating three-round mock draft. So they make their picks uh, alternating back and forth with each other, which is an exercise that I hear them do regularly on their first draft podcast, which I absolutely love. And as we sit here basically 10 days away, nine days away from round one, I am delighted to bring Todd McShay back onto the program on ESPN Radio. Hello again, McShay. Hey, Greeny. We're getting close, man. We're getting close. And, and so as I look at this, you, you have Aiden Hutchinson going number one. Again, they alternate the picks. And I want everyone to sort of get used to this name, Trayvon Walker. And I want you to enlighten everyone on who he is. Mel has him going number two overall in this draft. I've been paying close attention to him because on one of your mock drafts at some point on first draft, you had the Jets taking him at number four. I went back and looked. Back in January, when I first started breaking down players and you guys were doing your projections, he was being projected to go like in the teens, so Trayvon Walker is one of these guys who has skyrocketed through this process. Why is that? And for lack of a better word, how risky a selection is he? Because it, it makes me think of guys who go to the combine and light it up, and frequently those guys don't wind up being great players. I mean, yeah, there's risk in it only in the fact that he, he had just nine and a half sacks during his career at Georgia. And you compare that to Aiden Hutchinson, the other player who's being considered at number one, Michigan defensive end, he had a school record, single-season uh, record for, with 14 sacks just last year. 
So there's obviously a difference there. But you also have to consider Hutchinson was kind of a wide nine and rushed off the edge, and, and his sole job on passing downs was just get up the field and get after the quarterback. Whereas Trayvon Walker was in more of a gap discipline uh, front at Georgia, and there wasn't as much just you know getting out wide and, and charging up the field. So you have to take that in consideration. And then we all knew he was going to work out well, but what he did was remarkable. I mean, you're talking about record setting in terms of his size and speed combination, 6'5", 272 pounds, left tackle length arms, 35 and a half inch arm length. He is explosive power. He showed in his jumps. He ran a four, five, one green. I mean, there are running backs that would be thrilled to have a four, five, one in the 40 yard dash. So the tools are there. And I'll tell you what, as we get closer to the draft, I haven't talked to anyone in Jacksonville specifically about it, but I've talked to people who know people inside the organization. There's more love in that, in that building for Trayvon Walker at number one than I thought. And I, I would say right now, it is close to 50-50 on who's going to be the number one overall pick, Michigan's Aiden Hutchinson or Georgia's Trayvon Walker. Wow. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. That is not something wow. I was expecting to hear. Greeny and Todd McShay, this is why you're listening, because you get the insight like that. So we could have what at least I will describe on television next Thursday as a surprise at number one, because Aiden Hutchinson has been at the top of that board since the beginning of the process. As I continue to look down the picks that you guys made here, you have the Jets at four taking Sauce Gardner, the corner out of Cincinnati. So I ask on behalf of not just Jet fans, but all football fans, in order for a corner to be worth it that high, to me, he's got to be epically good he's, he's got to be like like if you can get Darrell Revis then I would take him number one in the draft no one was more valuable than that guy is this player from Cincinnati that level of good yeah I think he's I think he's up there I mean sauce sauce island is coming to a city near you pretty mm-hmm. soon that's right he he is six three long arms excellent top end speed loose hips I mean, he, he's got it all. I've said it before. He never let up more than 13 receiving yards in a single game this past season. Never let up a, a touchdown, passing touchdown on him uh, in his entire career at Cincinnati. So he, he is the epitome of a lockdown corner. So, listen, the Jets are in great shape at four, the, the way I see it. Because it's, it's uh, I would say, a 95% chance right now the first two picks are going to be edge rushers, likely Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker. There's a chance it goes – it goes Hutchinson one, Kayvon Thibodeau, but it's still an edge rusher with those first two picks. Then Houston will either be edge rusher or offensive tackle, probably Iki Aquanu from NC State. And then the Jets are sitting there, and they've got choices. You know, if they wanted to go offensive tackle, they could. I don't think they would, but in that scenario, worst case, they would have Evan Neal from Alabama, who was considered potentially a number one overall pick before Jacksonville uh, franchise tag Cam Robinson. They could go Sauce Gardner and get the best cornerback in this class. They could go Garrett Wilson and get the best wide receiver in this class coming out of Ohio State. So they have great options there. And then whatever they do at that spot will dictate what they do at 10. I think if they don't take a receiver at four, and if they go with Sauce Gardner, then at 10 you would see likely one of two receivers be, be the choice there. And it would be Drake London from USC, the 6'4", 219-pound basketball player playing wide out. Or... Jamison Williams from Alabama, who's starting to rise as we get closer as well. He was, we, we talked about Mel and I both had him at number six on our draft boards at one point before the ACL injury in the national championship. Apparently he's ahead of schedule already. And I think the closer we get, the more receiver coaches and offensive coordinators are watching the tape saying, 
you know what, so what if we lose a portion of his rookie season? For four and a half plus, you know, season, uh, you know, moving forward, we may have the best wide receiver in this class. So to get him at 10 or the commanders taking him at 11 or, or even you start to look down at, at, um, at 15, the Eagles, 16 Saints, I don't see him getting out of the top 16 picks in this draft. Uh, Greeny and McShay, yes, I love them. And and it's remarkable where medical science is now. This is a kid who got hurt the second week of January, and we're talking about him potentially playing during the season. Let's do a little comparison here, okay? I'm, I'm trying to think of the best way to frame this for our listeners because a lot of them, I, I feel like, maybe because they, we don't have the high-profile quarterbacks in this year's draft, I don't feel like there's been as much focus on this. So you talked about the receivers. You've got Garrett Wilson, you've got Jamison Williams, you've got Drake London, there are a few others, Chris Olave. We're expecting as many as like six or seven guys. In your mind, on the McBoard, give me the best one. Who is the best? Who, who will be the best receiver from this class, all other things being equal? I would say Jamison Williams, and that's why I'm pushing for him in the top ten because that's where I think he belongs. And, yes, you're going to give up a portion of his rookie year, but this is a, this is a long-term investment. This isn't a one-year investment. It's not like you're bringing in a guy for a one-year deal. I think Garrett Wilson from Ohio State is just behind him. If you're talking about everyone being healthy at some point, I would put Jamison, I mean, Garrett Wilson just behind Jamison Williams. But, listen, I, I want the four-and-a-half-year investment and, and get the best guy versus all five years potentially and get the second best guy. That would be the way I look at it. Next one would be the corners because you're telling me how great Sauce Gardner is and, and I've got all the numbers and, and everyone loves him. But then I feel like maybe this is just the misinformation that typically comes out around this time. But I've got all of a sudden I'm starting to hear people say, you know, Derek Stingley is actually better. Derek Stingley Jr., the kid from LSU who once upon a time looked like he was going to be the first pick overall in the draft – and then the last two years happened. Um, I've got people now all of a sudden telling me they think he's just as good, if not better, than Sauce. Is that nuts? If you go compare 2019 tape of, of Derek Stingley versus 2021 tape of Sauce Gardner, I think you would, you would side with Stingley, just slightly. And they're, they're both great. You just worry about what happened the last two years, checking out you know, Stingley not, not being as focused and, and inconsistent with his, with his reads and aggressiveness. Uh, taking, you know, optioning out of tackling at times and taking bad pursuit angles just to not have to mix it up. And then the, the Liz Frank injury, is it going to be something that, that bothers him throughout his career or is it just a one-time thing? So that, that's the, I mean, that's the bottom line with Stingley. But you're talking about a true freshman on a national championship team, shutting down elite receivers in the SEC, shutting down his own receivers. Uh, you know, at that point, Jamar Chase, uh, Justin Jefferson in practice every day. I mean, he's, he's phenomenally talented. It's just what are you getting and how do you manage him to keep him checked in, you know, on a week-in, week-out basis. Greeny and McShay with you here. You know, according to research, 90% of employers plan to enhance their employee experience this year. If you need to add more employees, there's ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job, and you can invite your top choices to apply. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Let me ask you about one more quarterback, obviously, um, is is the position of, of greatest attention. And, and this year, we have Malik Willis from Liberty. We have Kenny Pickett from Pitt. I think those are the only two that we are certain are going to go in the first round. Then there were a lot of questions. So same, same concept here, McShay. Five years from now, who will we say was the best quarterback taken in this year's draft, of anybody? 
Well, tell me where they're going to be drafted, and, I'll, and that would make it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Because I think with Malik Willis, because he's got the strongest arm in the class, and because, in my opinion, the second he's drafted, he becomes the third most dangerous running quarterback in, in the National Football League behind Lamar Jackson and, and Josh Allen. So you have that as your jumping-off point. It's a damn good jumping-off point, right? Absolutely. But he has so much still to learn. A two-year starter at Liberty, a quarterback-friendly scheme with Hugh Freeze. I just think that he's going to need the most developing. Now, if he, like, if he wound up in a Patrick Mahomes situation where he has a year to sit, has Andy Reid developing him, has a, a starting quarterback that will actually work with him to help him get better and understand how to study the game, then I, I would say it's Malik. But if he goes to a situation like Carolina and he's kind of thrown in the fire halfway through the season and doesn't have the, the, the proper weapons around him and the people to develop him, then I, you know, I could easily see him being on his – 13, five years from now. Mm. You know, if that's, that's just how important it is. With Kenny Pickett, the floor is just so much higher, but the ceiling's considerably lower. So that, that's why there's this debate with all these franchises. I mean, I've talked to teams that, have, that, that think Pickett's clearly number one. I've talked to other teams that think Willis is clearly number one. I've had other teams say Desmond Ritter, and I've had one team say Matt Corral's the number one quarterback in the class. So opinions are all over the place with these quarterbacks. And I know it's not a great class, but I'm still fascinated to see where they wind up landing. Carolina doesn't want to take a quarterback at six. They want to move back, recover some picks, because they don't pick again until round four. But who wants to move up to number six? Who's going to be willing to give away picks in a deeper draft that doesn't have elite talent you know, compared to some other drafts up at the top to go up to number six? So they're going to have to make a brutally tough decision knowing that if you take a quarterback, you're taking a player with a lesser grade than some other guys at other positions. Yeah, they traded their second and third picks to the Jets for Sam Darnold. Um, and right. now here they are thinking of taking a quarterback. So obviously that went incredibly badly. And we'll see what happens again. The, the uh, McShay and Mel uh, alternating draft, three rounds, is up right now on ESPN+. Plus. I will be scouring it uh, later this afternoon as we continue our preparations. And if not before, I will see you in Las Vegas next week. Thank you, McShay. Can't wait, man. Take care. All right, that's Todd McShay. And again, um, the first draft podcast, for any of you who are really interested in the draft, they do an extremely good job with that. You look like you have a question. Yeah, I have been. I, I have read every mock draft Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper have put out for the last four months. Yeah. Today was the first time that I heard that Trayvon Walker of Georgia might go 1-1. Me too. That's, like, obviously, that's a very new development, but I went and checked the odds on this because there are odds on everything. And right now in Vegas... The odds are a lot closer. Right now, Trayvon Walker is plus 140 at Caesars to be the number one overall pick. Aiden Hutchinson is minus 220. And those odds have, have gotten a lot closer over the course of time, if I recall checking, which I do on occasion. So, I mean, I'm stunned to hear it because I've always assumed Aiden Hutchinson's going first. You have all the odds there? I can pull them up right now, yeah. Can you tell me what the odds are on who the first quarterback off the board will be? Let me see what they have off. I'm there. interested in that. My gut feeling is that Malik Willis is going to wind up going first. You just heard uh, McShay explaining to you, Kenny Pickett has almost no bust potential. Like, Kenny Pickett is a lock to be a good NFL, a solid NFL player who will be on a roster for the next 15 years. But 50-50, he's a starter, you know, more than a couple of years from now. Malik Willis has a chance, as he just said, to be on his third team in five years or to be one of the five or six best players in the whole league if they get it right with him. So I'm really interested. What does Vegas say? They don't offer – they don't right now on their site, at least Caesars does not have quarterback props at the moment. I got you. Okay. I've always wondered about how they do that too. Like 
if I was a team and I had the first pick in the draft, like, could I bet $10 million that we're going to take someone who you've never heard of with the number one pick and then just do it and retire? For whatever it's worth, they do offer a prop on whether or not a player will be drafted in the top five. Okay. Malik Willis is three to one on that prop. And Kenny Pickett is seven to one on that prop. You know, our colleague Jordan Reed keeps saying Malik Willis could go number two to Detroit. That would be a real surprise. Wow. Like you will hear yeah, on his mocks, he keeps putting him up there. If if that happens, you will hear in the voice of the host, who happens to be me, um, an enormous level of surprise. Okay, I'm really looking forward to that. This was a fun day. Thank you for the calls. Thank you for hanging in. Liam, thank you for being English. And we will see you all back in Better Than Ever tomorrow right here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.